Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we pray for your spirit and for your, uh, your counsel, your comfort, and we pray that we would give you the glory and honor that is due to your name. Please forgive us for our shortcomings. Please grant us your peace that transcends all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. This is Scott Ritzema, your host for another 30-minute news blitz and some perspective and philosophical, theological commentary today as we're looking at some pretty interesting headlines. For the first one, right out of the gate, I've got to share this with you. I read a CNN report on a study that was done where they looked at the brains of social networking users, particularly young people. And what they found, no surprise... The areas of the brain that are the pleasure centers of the brain, called the nucleus accumbens, they fire up, they light up when a person sees that their post or their picture has been liked. And that's the whole thing that keeps you coming back, to get those likes, to like others, to keep up in that sort of approval network of growing your popularity, your following, your image means everything in social networking. And so what does that mean? I mean, we, we probably already knew that, right? But it's interesting to see it in the brain. Wow, it's like a pleasure hit. They said like like somebody who's winning money, so somebody who won money, the, the, same, the same pleasure response when you see a like on your post. Well, they also found, by the way, that people are more likely to like a popular post that has been liked by others. So what, what's the message here? Well, there's a, there's a bandwagon effect, first of all, with that. In other words, whatever's perceived as popular, you jump on that and you say, I like that because I want to fit in. I want to be in the crowd. And likewise, I want others to approve of me. So this groupthink mindset, this, this, this crowd and herd mentality that we enter into has a particular danger to it because when the Bible calls you to do something that is different from what the world is doing, it says in, in the Bible that we are to be a peculiar people. And that doesn't mean we, we act odd or weird or strange, but what it does mean is that the Lord has called us to, quote, come apart and be separate, saith the Lord. Come apart and be separate. So we're not supposed to be trying to fit in. We're not supposed to be trying to get the approval of others. If that's what gives us our pleasures and de- we derive our sense of meaning, purpose, identity, affirmation, validation, if we're getting that from the crowd, well, we're in big trouble. We have to only go to our Heavenly Father. And He looks at us. We're His kids. He loves us. He calls us to be different from the world around. And the more we do that, the more He will approve of our growth in Christ. But I was thinking of this also in the context of this, this Pokemon Go craze. And on the one hand, at first you might say, well, hey, it's at least kids are getting out and away from behind the video game console and the television screen and having their heads buried in the iPad with their games and whatever. They're out there. This is this, um, 
sort of a, a geostat type of thing where you're you're locating different places and then you go find these characters. Of course, it's all nonsense and uh, fantasy and fiction and stuff that I don't have my kids. They've never heard of Pokemon. They don't know what this is all about because we try to ground them in reality. There's only much so much time in the day and so much brain space there, and we want to fill their minds, saturate their thoughts with true and good and beautiful and real and biblical things. Bible stories, true history, animals, nature, creation, and all of that. So we're not into the Pokemon thing at all, but also this, this, there's a danger to this whole craze because they call it augmented reality. And I've, I've spoken about this on the broadcast before and how this is the, the, the new up and coming craze where the phones in the houses right now, one of the latest androids can identify this, the, the spatial area of the, of the home, of the room based upon movement, sounds and so on. And, and basically there's, they're collecting data, collecting data, collecting data to be able to move toward projected images all over the place. And that, this Pokemon Go is sort of the, the first, you know, phase of that augmented reality where you no longer just look on a screen to interface with the internet and with the cyber world but it actually appears before your very eyes in in holographic and other imagery that's that's uh, projected into the real world at first people might say well this is a good thing then we're getting off of our screens but at the same time i i, I really really raise the alarm bell over this move because then everything that god has created as our reality the the, the real physical world that you see and smell and touch and hear all around you that starts to become not good enough we need to augment that you you, you get the implication there right and we have to improve upon life and reality as God designed it to, to, to be. And we, we improve upon that with this sort of Pokemon Go craze. And we can go around and find all these little creatures and, you know, play the game and so on. You know, there's something to be said just for getting back to a simple, natural living. And I love to just get outside as much as possible. Just, just hear the birds, watch the trees sway in the wind smell the smell of the pine trees up where I live in northern mid-Michigan. Mid and I'll tell you something, that reality doesn't need any augmenting. God is the perfect creator. And yes, this world is marred by sin and there's a lot of destruction and sadness. And we talk about that, of course, on the broadcast and that stuff just seems to keep intensifying. But there's so much good and beauty in this world. Let's, let's remember that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. One of my favorite hymns is, This is My Father's World. And to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the spheres. In fact, did you know that actually the, the planets of our solar system are producing what, what can translate into actual sounds and actual notes in the major scale? And so it's not an accident. God created this universe for discovery, for us to behold and, and, and taste and see that the Lord is good. He says, the heavens declare the glory of God. They pour forth speech. This, this world tells us something about him. And if we're just plugged into the virtual world, we're not seeing as much of him then as displayed in the creation of this world. How about this one out of the, out of the post register? Transgender woman arrested for, so this would be a man, arrested for voyeurism at Target. 
A transgender Idaho Falls, quote, woman was arrested Tuesday on one count of felony voyeurism for a report that, quote, she took pictures of another woman changing clothes in a dressing room at a Target at, at Target in the city of Ammon. Shauna Patricia Smith, age 42. Shauna is the female name that this man, trans woman, took on. Shauna Patricia Smith, Smith, also known as Sean Smith, age 43, is in custody in the Bonneville County Jail. And according to the jail's active inmate roster, he's also known as Sean P. Smith. Sheriff's deputies responded Monday to the store, Target, after a woman reported that someone was taking pictures of her while she was inside a dressing room trying on clothes, the release said, the, the press release. The victim noticed the subject reaching over the wall with a cell phone taking pictures. The victim confronted the suspect, who then fled, fled the store. Sheriff's Office spokeswoman Sergeant Brian Lovell said he didn't know whether the reported victim was was you know how much was revealed in these in these pictures detectives reviewed witness information and security footage from target that led them to come in contact with smith the 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 assailant the one who who fled and after interviewing smith she he was taken into custody by detectives and booked into the jail detectives are investigating to determine if any more victims exist relating to this incident the charge is punishable by up to five years in prison. Now, why is this significant in terms of the cultural trends that we've been tracking on this broadcast? Well, Target made headlines in April. We talked about this at great length. Target came out, issued a public press release statement saying that they support the Federal Equality Act and they provide protection, quote, protection to LGBT individuals and they oppose the actions that enabled, quote, discrimination. So they came out and said, we welcome transgender team members and guests to use the restroom or fitting room facility that corresponds with their gender identity. So this man, who identifies as a woman, is legally, and in accordance with target policy, this man is in the woman's fitting rooms. Now, of course, it's not legal for anybody of any gender or sexual orientation to ever be taking pictures of somebody while they're in the changing room. But do you suppose that it's a coincidence that this happened at Target? Target is the one place that made headlines for saying, we're embracing this anti-discrimination, open, tolerant move to let men go in the women's restroom if they feel that they are a woman. But this is only inviting this sort of craziness to be able to say we're just opening the floodgates here and anything goes because we are, quote, tolerant. Well, that's enough on that topic. That topic seems to make the headlines way too much. So much going on in our world and we're discussing these matters of who's going to use what restroom, which you figured that was kind of established in society, but here we are in the 21st century grappling with questions you never thought would need a second look. But Wall Street Journal reported on an investigation that they did on the power grid. I want to shift gears into this because this is one of the potential very serious 
dangerous to society that has end times implications. I mean, you talk about like the breakdown of society with the veneer of civilization being very thin. Everybody's very polite and kind to one another to a certain extent, but you take away that power grid. You have those grocery store shelves go empty. You have a serious electrical power failure for a number of days and weeks and you'll 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 see what human beings are actually capable of which we know throughout history when there's sieges on a city and they have their resources cut off or whatever the kind of insanity that takes over but the report says that an early morning passerby phoned in a report of two people with flashlights prowling around inside the fence of an electrical substation in Bakersfield California. Of course, the substations are where the electrical power is sent from from the main power source and then converted into power that can go to homes and businesses and cities. So the substation, people uh, behind, behind the fence there, they're prowling around with flashlights. Utility workers from Pacific Gas and Electric Company later found cut transformer wires. The following night, Someone slashed wires to alarms and critical equipment at the substation, which serves 16,700 customers. A guard surprised one intruder who fled. Police never learned the identities or motive of the burglars. Now, the Wall Street Journal report that we're going to continue to study after the break didn't just analyze this one break-in. Oh, no, we have a systemic issue in this country, which is a very, very real and present danger. We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. What does it take to raise spiritually strong young people in our homes? Well, the George Barna research results are in. Parents who have had actual measurable success, who have raised their children to become solid Christian young adults, these parents took the lead. They took responsibility to disciple their children. They didn't leave it to the Christian school teacher or the youth pastor or the church school class. No, they themselves led their children to the Savior. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. We are back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch, and the website is 11thHourDispatch.com. You can listen to the previous broadcasts on that website. And we're indeed tracking, as always, the signs of the times. Jesus said that he's going to return again. He's going. He went to his Father. He said he's going to prepare a place for us and then come and receive us unto himself. This is the great hope. 
that motivates the heart and the mind of the Christian. And the reason that we have a news broadcast, it's brief because we really have much more important things to do than merely keep up on every single, I mean, you can go 24-7 obsessed with just constantly following every headline and everything in the world, and then you miss out on being in nature, being in the Word of God. But during these brief minutes that we have together, the topic is prophecy, Bible prophecy. And when Jesus said there will be certain signs of the times that will emerge to indicate that we are getting closer and closer to his coming, we look at wars and rumors of wars. We look at economic issues. You can read about these all in Matthew 24 and 2 Timothy 3. Italy nears economic collapse, Mises.org reports. Prices of bank stocks have decreased by more than 50%. CNN Money reports China's spies hacked into computers at the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC. And American governments and American government officials tried to cover it up, according to a congressional report, the House of Representatives Science, Space, and Technology Committee. FDIC, by the way, these are the folks that have the banks back, right? I mean, your, your deposits are insured at the banks. The banks actually don't have the money there on site. And in fact, they don't even have 90% of it at all. They lend out 90% of depositors' money. It's called fractional reserve banking. And so in the event that more than 10% of people wanted all of their money out, or in the event that everybody wanted more than 10% of their money out, well, the FDIC is there to be the insurer and the, the lender of last resort to be able to say, we're going to come in and bail this situation out. Well, FDIC, kind of important in terms of keeping economic stability in the context of a panic, has been hacked by Chinese hackers. These are the same Chinese who just yesterday it was reported said, we are now on a combat-ready footing because of the ruling on the South China Sea dispute. So we track these things, but you know, what I really wanted to emphasize coming back from the break is what Jesus said about this. He says, when you see these signs, lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. When we're studying the fragile nature of the power grid, which we'll continue with in a moment, when we're looking at every manner of signs of the times, which is a breakdown of this world, I mean, it's the, it's the global crises on every front, a moral crisis as we lo- we're looking at earlier with the, the trans issues, the breakdown of the family, the attack on the family, Black Lives Matter coming out and saying, we, we are committed to disrupting the nuclear family. And it's not just them. It's all this a full frontal assault on everything normal, virtuous, biblical, Christian, the family, economic crisis on the horizon, you name it. Pestilences, earthquakes, all of these signs heating up. But it's not supposed to induce fear. It says in the Bible, in, in Luke, it says that men's hearts will fail them for fear about what is coming upon the earth. So that's the general response of those who don't have the peace that transcends all understanding because they don't have the trust in Jesus Christ as their savior. Jesus said, when you see these signs and you are to watch them, he said, watch and pray. And so since you're in a life of prayer and you have that peace and you have that relationship with Jesus Christ, then when you see the signs, you can lift up your heads instead of cowering in fear. No, we lift up our heads for the redemption draweth nigh. That's exciting news. Back to the story from the Wall Street Journal. The Bakersfield attacks, where these guys cut the cords, 
cut off service to 16,700 customers of Pacific Gas and Electric Company were among dozens of break-ins examined by the Wall Street Journal that show how, despite federal orders to secure the power grid, tens of thousands of substations are still vulnerable to saboteurs. The U.S. electrical system is in danger of widespread blackouts lasting, listen to this, days, weeks, or longer through the destruction of sensitive, hard-to-replace equipment. Yet, records are so spotty that no government agency can offer an accurate tally of substation attacks, whether for vandalism, theft, or more nefarious purposes. Yeah, if you think about this from the, potential, from the standpoint of a potential enemy, if you had, you know, these Chinese hackers can hack right into, they've done it to the Department of Energy also, and the FDIC. If you were to have a power grid hack, or even just a concerted in-person, you know, you, you get a thousand different substations attacked, uh, at the same time, and, and it goes on and shows how poorly protected these are. It says most substations are unmanned and often protected chiefly by chain link fences. Many have no electronic security, leaving attacks unnoticed until after the damage is done. Even if there are security cameras, they often provide worthless. In some cases, alarms are simply ignored. The vulnerability of the substations was broadly reviewed in a Wall Street Journal account of a 2013 attack on a San Jose substation, electrical substation. The following year, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission took a look at this, and they said, here's some recommendations. They made some rules. But those rules don't extend to the tens of thousands of smaller substations around the country. Gary Cauley, head of the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, which writes standards for the power grid, was asked at the hearing in June that they had on grid security. He was asked, what keeps you up at night? And he said, the prospect of eight or 10 vans going to different sites and blowing things up. Yeah, eight or 10, how about a hundred? Eight or 10 would cause enough havoc. There would be hundreds of thousands of people without power. Recovery from, and, and without power, not like you lose power for a little while, but depending on how this is conducted, this could be a major, major blow to the civil order. It says recovery from a coordinated attack could take weeks or months. The grid, present grid we have today, was cobbled together during the electrification of the United States over the past 125 years. It is fragile, and it is interdependent. And it is generally more vulnerable in summer when it is running closer to its limits. And it is also at risk during low demand periods when they perform maintenance. So it's vulnerable most of the time. Fewer plants and transmission lines operating means fewer options for delivering electricity during emergencies. Security advisor James Holler said that his company, Abidance Consulting, inspected nearly 1,000 substations over the past year in 14 states. At least half had nothing but a padlock on the gate, he said. No cameras, no motion sensors or alarms. One utility lost a set of substation keys that were in a truck stolen. After the truck and keys were recovered, Mr. Holler said the utility didn't change the substation locks. So you're thinking, what in the world? Well, Richard Donbo, director of security of the consulting firm Black and Vitach, uh, said that this, he said security departments at these utility companies are often so low in the pecking order that the rest of the organization ignores them half the time. 
So the the uh, vulnerability of the power grid, perhaps even more vulnerable than we previously thought. I mean, I, I, I've studied the potential for, you know, a solar flare or, a, you know, a super flare or a EMP, electromagnetic pulse attack that could take down the power grid and, and leave society into a state of chaos. But, um, you know, there's something to be said for living in the country and be able to live for a time without electricity and uh, a more a more natural way of living teaches you to, to labor, teaches you to get closer to the land, closer to just, just being more human in general. Now, we use electricity, of course. We're using media right now to broadcast this. I'm thankful for computers and for all of the advantages that we have to spread the gospel, to learn truth, but also this technology can become sometimes a double-edged sword. And when, beco- when we become so dependent upon it, that people will literally turn into monsters if they were to be without the power grid because all of a sudden you you can't get gas, the grocery store shelves are empty, people are in the cities are going to be in this trapped scenario of chaos and disorder that can quickly take over. And I think there's something to be said for country living. We, We made that move as a family. Just a couple of years ago, we felt led by the Lord. You got to be out in 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 God's country, in in nature. You got to be growing as much of your own food as you can. Not because you know you're running around with it like a chicken with his head cut off and the sky is falling. No, it's because it's a prudent thing to do, but also it's a healthy thing to do. So I always promote that. But speaking of healthy, UK Mail reports, and and you got to hear him out on this. Fat people are less intelligent than people with a normal weight, a provocative study claims. You're like, what in the world? The study says overweight men and women have less gray and white matter in key areas of the brain. They also have greater impulsivity and altered reward processing, the study said. The researchers said that their findings could explain why overweight people make poor diet choices. They do not have the mental capacity to control themselves. That's quite an overstatement. They do not have the ability. They are completely helpless and hopeless and total victims here. No, every single one of us with the strength and power that Jesus Christ provides us can revolutionize our choices by making one good choice right now. It changes your brain. You literally reroute a neuron circuit away from the habitual pathway in the brain and you chart new territory. It's hard. It's kind of like getting out a machete and going through a thick jungle and you got to really slice through there. But what the study has shown, that statement was nonsense that they don't have the mental capacity to control themselves. Totally victimized by their own brain. No, God will never let us get to the point where we can't claim the Bible promise that we can have a renewed mind. If you feel captive to your habits of eating unhealthy food or doing whatever in your life that you know is not pleasing to God or helpful to yourself or anybody else, those bad habits and addictions, he can free us from those. The Bible says that we can have a renewed mind that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and I can have the mind of Christ. And that would be the chief of sinners could, could experience that. 
Paul said he had been the, the, the chief of sinners. Jesus said that he came to minister to the sick and, and, and the sinners because we're all sick with this disease called sin. He says, you did not come for the healthy people that think they're okay, right? No, but if you're feeling that you need the hope and help of a loving savior, well, you know, this report about the brains of overweight people, they're going to struggle more at first, but you watch their brain a year from now, two years from now, after a series of good choices and overcoming, the brain can change, my friends, and that's the hope in Jesus today. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. When it comes to an addiction, the addict literally has a brain disorder. Their brain is not functioning. It's not in order. It's disordered. It's not functioning like a normal human brain. The limbic system is very over-dominant. The prefrontal cortex and the frontal lobe is very weak. And so these folks who are addicted need healing. They need compassion. They don't need condemnation. How did Jesus treat those who were in a situation in their lives that they had brought upon themselves, perhaps by their own lifestyle, but they needed healing? He had infinite compassion on them. And so we should have the same. Let's not view the addict as a weak-willed, immoral person. Their brains under scans don't look the same as ours. And we can help them by freeing them with this information. In fact, there are addiction recovery centers in countries all across the world. Treatment centers for a very real illness, a very real mental illness of addiction to video gaming. Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.